What is going on, comic fam? It's your boy, the bearded comic bro, and I am joined by comic creator Kenny Porter. Welcome to the show. My gosh, thanks so much for having me, man. I man, really I'm excited. Uh, I've I got into your work, uh, you know, with Flash, the Fastest Man Alive, the you know the movie tie-in book, and then Superboy just coming out with Dawn of DC. And I want to get into all of that stuff here, but I always ask when I have a creator on, how did you get into comics? Did you always love comics, or was this kind of something that kind of came on later in life? Oh, yeah. So I was always around comics. Uh, my dad had a bunch of old gold key comics, actually, of like old Star Trek ones and stuff in, uh, in a lockbox that he had in his room. And he showed those to me. And then I grew up uh, down the street from a comic book store. And I grew up in the early 90s when like there was the huge comic book boom of like, you know, the X-Men were everywhere. That's when Image was kicking off and stuff. So I would run down to the little comic book store around the corner and like throw any amount of change or money that I had uh, to try to get stuff. I remember once there was a, there's an aliens comic from dark horse that I wanted really bad. That was like a deluxe one shot. And I kept running back and forth to my house, to the shop to throw more money on the counter to see if I could afford it. And eventually the owner, she was just like, if you want this that bad, you could just have it. And <laughs> like, let me take it home. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I've always been a huge fan um, I've, you know, I dipped out a little bit as I got a little bit older and when like, I couldn't afford books as much, but then like, as I got older again, I got really heavily into them. Uh, and I'm so happy that now I get to contribute to the art form and work with incredible artists and other creators to make comics. Yeah, you, and you do, you work with a lot of talented people, um, on the projects that you've been on. So where was this then stage from you growing up, liking comics, reading comics to say, you know what, I want to be a writer. I want to get involved in this industry. Yeah, so I had always loved storytelling. I wrote a lot of my own stories when I was a kid. They actually kind of encouraged us to make our own mini comics uh, in school because we would do these we would do these storybook things. I think it was in second grade, and they were basically like half folded sheets of paper that we would staple um, and then draw pictures and write. So it was really like making mini comics. Now that I think about it, uh, so we were always encouraged to do that and like associate words and pictures. Uh, and in high school. I really got into screenwriting because I love film just as much as I love comics. And I fell in love with script writing and I've always been a very visual person. So telling stories that way made a lot of sense. And as I got older, I started to realize like, Hey, like I love comics probably as much as I love movies. Like why have I never thought about trying to write those? And quickly I realized like, Oh, this is, this is really where I want to be telling stories. Like this is the medium that clicks the most for me that I appreciate the most because of the art and the storytelling um, and all the thought that goes behind it. So once I got back into comics, I realized like, oh my gosh, I really want to write my own stories. And so I started finding artists to collaborate. I found some online through like DeviantArt. And then I went to comic book conventions and found artists and artists alley to collaborate with. I made one shots, like little black and white ones, uh, some color ones. I worked on a book called Barnstormers, which I did myself. Uh, with an artist named Rini Castellani, uh, who was over in Italy, and we put that together. And that eventually uh, did a Kickstarter. That was successful. That led to me getting an agent, which I eventually did the graphic novel Fearless with, through Scholastic with Zach Wilcox. Then Barnstormers got picked up through uh, an imprint of Simon & Schuster, which was awesome. And then from there, I started working on DC characters. Uh, So my first story I ever did was a short Halloween story with Guy Gardner, the Green Lantern. Um, I got to do a fun one with that, and Green Lantern is like one of my favorite characters, like subsets of characters ever, so that was a huge dream for me. And as I was doing that, I just kept up, you know, coming up with original 
original stories and stuff. So I've done a lot of awesome things with DC that I'm super proud of. I get to work with incredible people. Uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, like I did the Flash prequel thing that just came out recently and then also Superboy, which I'm doing now, which has been a ton of fun. Yeah. So you had a you had a book that you created originally, brought to a Kickstarter, yeah. got picked up by Simon and Schuster, and that kind of then opened up the door to get connected with DC, it sounds like. Yeah, so some of the editors there had seen some of my work and then some other creators were kind of like nudging them like, hey, have you checked out this kind of stuff? Like that, like like kind of whispering sort of thing. Like you really should really ask him, like just see what he's got in terms of ideas. So after some recommendations and then seeing my work, like that's really what it took was just me putting work out there and people seeing it to the point where they were like, I think you should talk to this guy uh, <laughs> sort of thing. So yeah, that's what it led to. It was just, you know, getting out there and creating work that I was really passionate about. Um, and, you know, just sticking with it and telling the stories that I, that I thought were very important to me that I thought other readers would find important and emotional as well. Yeah. So you got the flash hat on, you know, have yeah. you always have you always been a DC fan like growing up or was this something that like as soon as you're like, man, I've been getting to work with these characters now? Uh, I was always a DC fan. So I wore out the VHS copy we had of the 1989 Batman like till it wouldn't work anymore. Um, I love Batman the animated series. I bought as many. I loved Marvel just as much. too. Right. Yep. Um, like bought Spider-Man, X-Men and stuff. But I always like my first entry point into superheroes were the DC characters. So I've always felt very close to them. And with the Flash, uh, I've loved the my cousin had some random Flash issues. So I got introduced to him like through the comics a bit and then more in the animated stuff. Like when he popped up in the Superman animated series where I think Jeremy Piven did his voice and like a single okay. like the race around the world thing. And then he was a part of the Justice League show that Bruce Tim did. Uh, so I've always been a Flash fan. Um, all of them, like Barry, Wally. I love uh, Bart. I love um, I love ev- like Max Mercury, uh, Jesse Quick. Like every single incarnation, like the whole Flash family. I've always been a huge fan. I've been a big fan of all the DC characters really for decades. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that movie with the Flash where Jeremy Piven's voice is it because I'm going to have to see if I can separate his character from Entourage. And oh, Flash yeah. <laughs> He's definitely that version in that episode of Super Animated Animated Series. has got a little bit more zest on him. Um, and they don't say which one it is, like if it's Barry or if it's Wally. Um, in my own head canon, because I know Wally's like in the Justice League show to me, like the reason that the voices are different is maybe that was Barry sort of thing. But that's not canon. That's my <laughs> own head, like... In my own sort of like in my head, that's why they had different voices. Yeah. Well, and I asked originally about the DC because I, I think I was wondering, like, was there a moment then for you when you started to write these characters, you know, or writing on these characters in these books where you're like, holy cow, I'm writing a character that I grew up reading and loving watching. Like, did they like you ever have one of those like surreal moments? Oh, all the time. I had one recently because I got comps for... um for one of the, I think the second issue of Superboy, and I opened it up and I was just flipping through it and stuff, and I had one of those like stop and remember, like I'm like, oh my god, like I used to read all these characters like when I was a kid. I remember when Connor debuted. Mm. Flash forward this many years later, now I'm writing Connor's adventures, or you know, like writing short Batman stories or writing the Flash and everything. Like it's a huge, like oh my god, somebody pinch me type moment because you're like, I get to add to these and. I get to make other people excited about these characters and to read them and enjoy them or like, you know, people who find them for the first time 
get to experience what it's like to read a comic that somebody puts their heart and soul into and gets to collaborate with amazing people. Cause like you said, I've got to work with incredible artists um, on all of these books. So I just feel, I feel so lucky that I get to work with all these amazing people and that I get to tell stories with the characters that meant so much to me as I was growing up. Yeah. And you can tell that. Um, and I say that from I reading, I was so excited for Superboy when it came out, like, because I'm like, we got the leather jacket. Like, I'm like, let's go. And I opened up, I read the first page. I was like, this feels so familiar. And I went back and reread the first kind of appearance of it. It was like, they both were like, had that scene with a car right off the bat. Like when you first get to see Superboy, I'm like, okay, Kenny has uh, some love for Superboy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to make sure that like, I caught the same like feeling of when I was first introduced to him and then wanted to give him some of my own flavor stuff. So I'm really glad you appreciated like the big bombastic opening that I gave him. Yeah. So let's, let's talk Super Bowl. Let's stay in that world a little bit here. Um, You know, how did you get able to get on this book? You know, it's a Donna DC book, Superboy, And, you know, how did this kind of project come about? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting story. So to start, it was an original idea that I had come up with. I saw that Connor had been brought back into the main DCU after the events that Brian Michael Bendis had set up. And I was just like, man, if if nobody's doing anything with him, like I... I understand what it's like to feel like an outsider and stuff and to come in and feel like nobody really gets where you're coming from. And he was an outsider before. And then you throw into the mix that like he got left out of the continuity and the reboots and stuff. And is in a universe where he never existed before this. I was like, that's going to do something to somebody emotionally. (laughs) And (laughs) I want to know what's going to happen with that. And my editor, Andrew Marino had asked me if there was any character you wanted to do a take on, would you be interested in? I'd love to hear what you'd like to do. And I pitched him this story of Connor, like trying to find sort of his Nightwing type role yeah. of like, how can I expand out and like find where's a niche where I can do good, where I'm carrying on the name of what it is that I stand for, but I'm doing it my own way. And so I developed this whole story. Andrew loved it. And then he asked me, hey, we're doing this round robin thing again this year. Would it be all right if I put this up against the other pitches? And I said, yeah, man, let's go for it. Let's see if it resonates with people. And I I don't know how much it's gotten out there. And I've said this in other interviews, but I didn't know what the other pitches were going to be going in. So it was a complete mystery to me. I think it was that way for everybody. So to see like all the other amazing creative teams and pitches that got put up against it and to see people show up and vote for this character and not just vote for that, but vote for the take that Genoi Lindsay and I wanted to do. It meant the world to us. And it just like filled our hearts with such joy that so many people we're excited about this character or excited about this big bombastic new take on it. So after it got put up against the other pitches, it ended up winning. And then after it won, we talked and decided that it, instead of being its own thing and just being isolated, it might fit really well into this whole Dawn of DC initiative and mm. wrap it up with, with what was going to be happening with the Superman books at the time. So it acts as a prequel leading up to, I think it's actually comics 1051 um, before, you know, the whole like new jackets debut it acts as a primer to that of where Connor was leading right up to that moment. Um, so I feel really great that they wanted to include it in this whole initiative because like Superman books are killing it right now. Like I've been reading action comics for a while. I love Philip Kennedy Johnson's take on it. Um, I'm loving Josh Williamson's take on Superman on that book. I, it just feels amazing to be a part of the Superman books when they're firing all, all cylinders. And it just feels really special to, take these characters that I've loved and be a part of that larger universe. 
Yeah. And so, cause this is a six issue series, right? To set yes. up leading into the, the stuff that happened in action. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, I completely forgot that they had that pitch round Robin. Uh, what was that like a year <laughs> yeah. ago? Was that a year or two years ago? I forget. It was, yeah, it was in 2022. So okay. it was last year. Yeah. Okay. So the original plan was to like, release it right away but then as the more as it got closer and we were like oh my gosh and they talked to me like this is going to tie in like what you're doing would work great yeah. with what's going to go on like maybe we should wait and so like we talked about scheduling and stuff and ended up pushing it back but yeah it did win the tournament last year yeah so how much um when you're doing a project like superboy that has a tie-in to like you said, so many great stories of that are out right now action comics and superman and you know in this whole world of dawn of dc how much do you have to have communication with the other creators as, you know, a writer yourself to make sure you're kind of staying in line with where their other are taking kind of similar characters in the same world? Oh yeah. We had a couple of calls. Um, one with the team who did uh dark crisis, young justice, because that okay. was going to be leading up. Connor was in that. And then we were going to be picking up right after there. So that actually already played into stuff. I was going to see in the beginning, uh, which was awesome. So we talked it out figured out that was going to sync up. And then I also synced up with uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson so that we could talk about, you know, where Connor, where Connor is at my point in the story, where he is in his to make sure it was going to sync up, talked about, you know, we just had a really fun time talking about the little nuances and things we could put in to lead up to those moments. So there was a lot of discussion and it's a really fun part of working on continuity stuff is like, working on a team of characters to be able to say like, what are you going to do? And then realize like, Oh, that plays awesome off of this. Or what if I did this to set it up for you sort of thing? So there's a lot of fun things that we were able to do to tie into each other's stuff. Um, and I, I love it. I think it's super fun. Uh, like no pun intended. Uh, like I, I think it's a lot of fun to be able to bounce creative ideas and stuff off of each other. Like I do that with my friends, like my other comic creative friends that I'm not working with all the time, just because I love it so much. And I love stories and, telling good emotional stories. So the fact that you get to do that and sort of collaborate with the people who are also doing awesome work that you respect is just a gift. Yeah. We've, we've kind of hinted around it a little bit. You've touched on pieces of it. Um, What was the, what's the elevator pitch though? If someone hasn't gotten to pick up, uh, you know, as the time of this filming of this interview issues, one and two are out already. Um, So what's the kind of elevator pitch for someone if they haven't gotten to read it yet? Sure. So the elevator pitch for the new Superboy Man of Tomorrow series is that Connor Kent, the original Superboy from the 90s, is back in the universe. The Metropolis is feeling a little bit crowded. There's a lot of people with the S flying around helping people. And the more he tries to do, the more it seems like he can't get in anywhere and make a difference anywhere. So he tries to find somewhere else that's in trouble that needs a Superman. He looks out at distress signals out in space way deep in space where no one's ever heard of Superman before and goes off to try to make a name for himself and help other people. And it goes horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, and that would be my, that would be my pitch for the book that it's a big emotional story where we're throwing in a lot of bombastic space action. Um, I said in a lot of interviews, like there's a lot of influence from Dragon Ball in this um, really playing on like Connor's unique abilities on top of the Kryptonian ones he's developed because he has tactile telekinesis which gives him a couple of different sort of movesets and stuff than everybody else. So it's a big emotional, like sprawling space story where he gets to meet other characters that are going through similar stuff as him and gets to kind of pit his ideals up against what he thinks he should be um, in the coming years as he gets older. So 
as a as a writer, like you know, you growing up, you said you grew up reading Superboy, loving Superboy. How much do you do you do research when you're doing a character like Superboy of you know making sure it's not something that's already been story that's already been told or that you're you know hitting some of the same notes but you want to keep the same vibe? Like, do you do a lot of research or do you kind of just how's that process for you? Yeah, so it's different for everyone. Um, for Superboy, the first thing I did, and actually I do kind of do this with everything first, is I outline the story that I definitely want to tell and okay. like the emotional arc of what's important to me. And then I go back and I read a ton of stuff. So I went back to, I read all the Death of Superman stuff again, read most of his run that I could get my hands on. Uh, and then up until the deadline when the script was due <laughs> that I could read to just make sure that I hadn't stepped on the toes of anything and that what I was doing felt right. Um, and then I also jumped ahead and made sure to reread all the Bendis stuff of like the Young Justice um, and action comics and Superman stuff where he showed back up. So I did a lot of research and I read a ton anyway. So it wasn't a problem for me to, um, for me to jump in and keep, and keep reading. So I did a lot. I read a lot, but I made sure I made sure that anything that I read was additive and that I wasn't just trying to base stuff on. Like yeah. I made sure that the story I wanted to tell, I kind of like, I made sure that emotionally I had the thing I wanted to tell. And then I went back and checked it against what was there to be like, let's, let's make sure I'm remembering this right. So that I'm yeah. not making, making stuff up. But yeah, that's kind of like my process that I do usually when I do, um, when I do these characters. So it, it makes sense. So like, because then if you have your story that you want to tell, then you can kind of go backwards and say, okay, how can I, how can I add to it or make sure that's my story? So yeah, exactly. Cool. I mentioned earlier, I got to talk. I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Flash, the fastest man alive. Um, it is, you know, it was a movie tie in. Uh, how did that project come about? Yeah. So Andrew, same editor contacted me. It was like, Hey, I'm, we're thinking about doing a prequel to the flash movie. Uh, I think you'd be really good for it because we want to do three deluxe one shots that kind of build off of each other, but act as their own separate isolated stories. And we wanted to, they, he said that they wanted to take kind of like a shonen manga approach, which he knows I'm a huge fan of where each issue would be about him learning a new skill set and building on that ability and defeating the enemy and growing as a person. And I love that format. And uh, one of the mission statements I had going in was I wanted to make it like a legit, like great introductory flash book, whether you're following the movies and you're familiar with this version or you've never read a flash book in your entire life. And this is the first one you're going to read. I gave myself kind of like the Herculean task of like, make it, <laughs> make it set in this universe, but then also make it a book that anyone can pick up and enjoy. So I treated it just like doing an Elseworlds book where okay. I was like similar to when I did um, I did DC Mech where I like rebuilt a universe completely. Uh, I I took this one and I was like, okay, this is how the universe is set up. If I were to tell this as like an Elseworlds tale, I'm going to put in the same amount of love and care into this uh, as opposed to just doing it as like a writing some scenes that could tie into the movie. I want to tell a complete story with this character or these characters and give this version of the character just as much justice if it had just had its own book uh, leading up to the movie. So that was the task that I put on my back yeah. <laughs> going into easy it. Task. Luckily, easy my, task. No yeah, big deal. Easy stuff. <laughs> but luckily, my editor, Andrew, and then the artist, Ricardo Lopez-Ortiz, Juan Ferreira, and Jason Howard were all up to the task, too, and we had a ton of fun doing it. That's cool. Is Was there any more... Um, 
you know, we had already, we've already talked about prep work and stuff. Was there any more like how you had to be like being a tie into the movie universe? Was there more kind of things that you had to juggle to make sure you were in tow and in line with that? I thought there was going to be, but honestly, um, the way I did this was similar was like, okay, this is what I know has happened in the movies previously. I don't, uh, I'll prep, I'll preface this. I do not know what happens in the movie and they didn't tell me. So I, I basically was like, this is the story I want to tell emotionally. This is what I feel like if I were doing, a, if I were asked to do a prequel movie, what would it be about? And so I wrote it out and uh, Andrew and I uh, like finessed it and then submitted it. And the director Warner brothers were like, yeah, this is great. Like this feels in line with everything. So somehow I tapped into some speed force somewhere and was able to draw out like this would fit within the universe of things people were doing. There were a couple of like minor little notes of like, yeah. don't include this, don't include that, just fudge this a little bit. But for the most part, like they were all on board with the emotional arcs and the story I wanted to tell and everything, which was honestly really freeing and makes me, I stand behind the work so much because it's, it's 100% like flash stories that I would want to tell. Yeah. I, I mean, that's so cool. Cause I was, I was curious about that of like, if you were going in, like, you know, how much did you, you know about what was coming up and you can tell me what the movie was like afterwards. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah. no, it, I, it, I mean, I'm glad that I, that I didn't, I didn't, you know, what would be even worse is like, I do the whole thing and they're like, that's like literally what happens in the movie. You're like, oh, you're kind of like, I was like, okay, a uh, B story. Yeah. Let's uh, go back to the drawing board. But yeah, um, no, I'm excited to see what happens in the movie. Yeah. I, I don't think there was anything I could kind of guess based on, you know, what little information we had, and what the movie was going to be about yeah. or what the source material was. So it was like, I know to stay clear of X, Y, and Z. Um, so I, I went in with that kind of knowledge and it was like, well, then I'm going to pick what I think would be the adventures that he would have had leading up to the opening of the movie. So you, we've talked a lot about that. You've worked with a lot of great people. Does, does your process change with the different artists that you you know work with, or is it pretty much the same of when you're writing and you're creating pitches and stuff like this is how you approach it? Oh, that's an awesome question. Yeah. Um, I script differently depending on the artist that I work with. Okay. Um, I traditionally usually go full script. So that's like page one, panel one, dialogue. Uh, but if I work with somebody who's more used to like the Marvel method, where it's like looser descriptions of either just a loose description of the page or loose description of the panels, I'll do that as well. Um, so for instance, on on the Flashbook and Superboy, I did full script. Okay. Uh, because with Flash, I didn't know who the artists were going to be up front. But once I knew, I did modify the way I wrote them a bit um, because I knew uh, Jason Howard. So I knew, like, kind of like to give him a little bit more room to breathe, that sort of thing. And all of them brought their own things to it, which is awesome. I always put on every script, whether it's like Marvel style or full script um, in the notes. I'm like, hey, this is your story as much as mine. If you think of a better way to do stuff, please go and do it. And there's been plenty of times like Juan Ferrer did these awesome, like, added these double page spreads do a bunch of stuff to his flash issue that I thought were amazing uh, and was happy to like move the dialogue and stuff for that. Like he brought really awesome stuff to that issue. And then there's collaborators I've had like Riley Rothmo, who's a friend of mine that I've done a bunch of DC shorts with and Riley, like he likes to figure out the layouts and the pacing and stuff. So I do a way more Marvel style with him. So like with a green lantern Etrigan team up that I did with him, 
it was super loose and I threw in like kind of what the lines were going to be um, like in terms of like what the dialogue cues were and the, and the big emotional parts. And he plotted it all out and we talked through it on the phone of like, this is what I see happening on page one and page two and page three. So I change it depending on the artists that I work with. Cause I want to make sure that they're putting all of their creative effort and personality behind it as well. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause I figured that, there are different artists that like different things. So I didn't know like how much of that you had, you, if you don't know an artist, you kind of approach them like, you know, of what they, what their style is, or do you research and stuff like that? So that's what I was kind of curious. Oh yeah. I'll read a bunch of stuff that they've done before, especially if we like get paired up on something. Um, I'll read a bunch of stuff they've done before. I'll send them messages, ask them if they want to get on the phone to talk stuff out or like if they prefer more like of a Marvel method to like a, like a looser sort of script thing to a, like a full script sort of thing. So I'll totally do that uh, just because I want to make sure that they're comfortable and they're able to tell the story in the best way possible. Yeah. Well, Kenny, I love talking comics. I feel like we could talk comics for hours, but (laughs) I want to respect your time. I know you are busy um, creating and things like that. Um, Before I let you go, you know, is there anything uh, we haven't gotten to talk about that you you got coming up that you want to talk about, promote? Um, Here's your shot. Awesome. Yeah. So speaking of DC stuff, uh, this summer I'm doing a book as part of the Night Terrors event. So I'm doing the Night Terrors Robin book, which features the uh, Tim Drake Robin and Red Hood. So you can look forward to that. Uh, I'm really excited about that. It was a ton of fun. I love spooky stuff and I've gotten to write spooky stuff in a while. So people will be people will be able to see me go a little bit nuts uh, with artist Miguel Mendoza, who's uh, amazing. He's been doing the backups in the Batman series. Uh, I love his work, and he did he did some really great jaw dropping imagery that I've seen come in my inbox so far. So I can't wait for people to read that, and I'd say that's what's coming up next, uh, as well as more Superboy issue two just came out. So there's still plenty of time to catch up. We'd love to have more readers all the time. Yeah. Uh, love to get Connor's adventures out there. Absolutely, and you said in night terrors you said tim drake and i'm just like oh the 90s the 90s comic fan in me was like yes let's go <laughs> i can't write connor than not write tim drake too. right like you, they, yeah. they gotta go hand in hand so yep um well kenny where can people follow along with you uh keep up to date with what's going on what you're creating what you're working on in comics yeah so people can follow me uh my website is portercomics.com and then on twitter and instagram you can find me at ken blake porter because kenny porter was already taken uh i i get often confused with a boxing it's either a boxer or a boxing promoter named kenny porter but i'm at ken blake porter on twitter and instagram so people can follow me there uh i post a lot there and then my website's usually pretty up to date with what i'm working on too so if you don't like something that Kenny's working on, you tag him, a boxer might just come and beat you up instead. So, <laughs> yeah, watch out because you can be like, I hate a Superboy. And this guy's like, I love Superboy. I don't know who you are. And he's like, well, gang, all the uh, all the links that we've talked about in this um, interview uh, will be in the description of this video. If you're listening on podcast, it'll be in the description of that podcast as well. Um, Kenny, thank you so much for just taking some time out of your day to talk about comics with me. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So gang, with that being said, hopefully you can find some time to curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. Peace.